first of all, take me through, because the last time you and I talked, mm-hmm. your children were small and you were baking. Right. <laughs> so take me through sort of the evolution of how McClary Brothers got into to what you're doing today. Sure. Well, um, we started making vinegars in the spring of uh, 2013, and that it came about because... I the baking was growing a lot, but it was very demanding on my time. It was increasingly difficult to do in the house. Um, there was there's a big leap between being able to do it in your house and being able to set up your own shop and do it. It's not it's not quite such an easy um, transition. So um, and there was nothing like hopeful harvest here where you know you can use a co-packer. So I um, I kind of got dissatisfied with taking all this stuff from these local farmers that I was using and just like baking everything to death and, and you know, exhausting myself. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't, I wanted to find something else that I could do, but I didn't, um, I didn't want to walk away from, from being in this space altogether because I really had built relationships with a lot of these farmers and I felt like I was just like going to leave them hanging if I stopped um, sourcing from them. You know, like it made me feel like I had an obligation to them to keep using their stuff because they were, um, you know, I mean, I knew their family, I knew their sister was getting married, they knew my kids, they, you know what I mean? It's, it's different. And so, um, and I had been sourcing quite a bit from them at that time. Um, so I started doing some research so that I could figure out some way that I could still use all this stuff from them, but uh, create something that I could feel really positive about everybody enjoying all the time. You know, it wasn't um, wasn't quite so covered in butter and flour and sugar. So um, the sorry, there's like all of a sudden we're trapped. I got it. Oh, oh. So the um, yeah, so I started doing a lot of research into um, just different different things that I could do and still source all this great produce. And I really liked old-fashioned preservation techniques because I liked that they had like really simple ingredients and didn't take like crazy preservatives and stuff. Um, so when I came across this concept, I just hit on it. I was like, this is it. It didn't make sense to me. It wasn't like I had a bunch of vinegar in my background. It wasn't something I was real familiar with, but I was like, I'm going to make this work. So um, I just kind of dug my heels in and started playing around till I found something that that was a good result. There was plenty of test test batches that <laughs> did not come together. But um, did what, was it? What was it in particular about the, the drinking vinegars that kind of appealed? To it was cool. You know, it was kind of an interesting concept. It was unusual, which I liked, and um, I felt like there was a lot of. I could be creative with it. There's a lot of different things I could do with it. Were you making that then out of your home too? Um, no, we. That was just. I, I mean, I do test stuff to play around with. But once I really kind of realized that this is what I wanted to do, and I felt like there was a potential to really scale that business, like I could, um, if I was making it in a commercial kitchen, I could sell it to bars and restaurants, sell it to stores and things like that. Um, I went and met with um, a woman who owned a bakery in Ferndale. Uh, it was Pinwheel Bakery, and I talked to her about using uh, her kitchen after hours and when they were closed, because we had a, a space that we had been selling our baked goods at in the Rust Belt Market, which is right down the street. So um, she, you know, had just had someone leave 
food that was doing, some, you know, um, renting her space. And she was looking for someone. It was a good situation. And um, I don't require any, like, specialty equipment. So I didn't need anything she didn't have. And it was a really good fit. So um, we started up, and uh, it was great. It was great. It was a, a great way for us to, um, you know, kind of get um, into that space and, and, you know, start building our brand. And um, we changed, you know, just the kind of ordinary vendor space that we had at the rest. And how long ago was this? Uh, that was in uh, 2013. So we um, and we operated out of there for about a year um, before we made the transition here. Okay. Um, so this is, I mean, this is kind of rapid growth mm -hmm. for a small business. Um, how did you plan for that? How have you kind of handled this escalation? Well, it was really dramatic and challenging. Um, it's certainly, when we were still doing it in the, in the pinwheel, it was a little more manageable because we were still doing it by hand and we could kind of, it was only so big you could get when you're in mm -hmm. space like that, you know? And um, as we started to realize we were growing out of that, then a lot of questions started to come up and, you know, we're, what, what, what could the next step be? Because even that, you know, trying to find our own space would have been a huge jump and, you know, were we going to be able to um, produce to that level? Could we, could we get into that? get that situation operational and it was a little it was kind of a scary time mm -hmm. and we had um from 2013 to 2014 we had 400 percent growth in revenue um so we were certainly just trying to figure it all out and then at the end of um 2014 i got accepted into the goldman sachs 10,000 small businesses program and that was exactly what i needed that was that solved all of the all of my concerns about how I was approaching my business and how I was planning for it and strategizing for its growth. Um, so I graduated from that in January, and we've had 150% revenue growth uh, this year um, since graduating. And I mean, before I went into that program, I'd never pitched before ever in my business. I didn't even really know what that meant, you know. And now, as a result, I was able to go confidently you know, pitch on Shark Tank. So it gave me all the tools that I was missing. And I, I there's no way I could have handled this without without their support. When did you find out that you were going to be on the show? I believe that it was the end of May, sometime in May. I don't remember exactly the... Was it like a phone little call funny. or an email? Um... Yes, I was um, I was getting on, on a plane because I remember I was like just coming in, you know, when you're like loading, all the passengers are loading and somebody, like I get this phone calls, I'm about to turn off my phone from an area code I don't recognize, you know, and then they were like, uh, you know, congratulations and telling me the whole thing. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And then I had to turn off my phone because I was getting on a plane so I couldn't call my husband, you know, I couldn't call anybody. Um, but uh, it was... Um, Obviously, at that point, there was a lot of steps leading up to that, so I was hopeful that, that we were going in that direction, you know, but it certainly is um, exciting when you finally get that, you know, that call. And how have you prepared for this? So I um, had, I mean, I studied for that more than anything I've ever studied for in my life, and I did not watch any television shows but Shark Tank. 
for that for weeks. And I'd, I'd have them playing in the background. I would like watch certain segments and like think of questions. And then um, I have a uh, there's a mentor I work with from the SPDC, and um, so she would like kind of come at me with questions, you know, and like help me practice. And um, so that was um, that was fun to like kind of have to have to know all of my stuff really really well and then have somebody kind of come at me about it hi <laughs> so um it was i i just didn't i knew that there was it was possible i could be asked anything from any direction and i I didn't want to be caught off guard, so I really wanted to know as much as I possibly could. You know, there's always stuff you can't, you know, I, you can't know about every competitor, right? Some companies are private, you can't find out that kind of stuff, but um, for the most part, I wanted to make sure that I was really well, um, well knowledgeable in, in my, about my product and my company and my category. You prepared that well. Was there anything that surprised you about the experience? Well, you know, whenever, no matter what it is you're doing in any situation, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like, what's the catch? Like, there must be something, right? And so before I went on the show, I would look up things like try and find things that people said that they were unhappy about, right? Like, they, there must have been somebody who didn't like going on the show. There must have been somebody who, who didn't have a good experience because how could there not be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, so I guess once I was, but I didn't find anything. And I was like, you know, oh, this is strange. And then when I went, um, I had a really great experience all around. I mean, the producers were really supportive and really helpful. And, you know, everybody on the team was um, really understood that, uh, you know, in almost every case, these are entrepreneurs who are, you know, have to step away from their business to come and do this. And um, they're really understanding of what, the situation is that they're creating for people with the demands on people's time and what they have to do. But um, altogether, it was a really awesome experience. It was really fun, and um, I really couldn't. I I wouldn't ever have anything. You know, I don't. I don't feel like there was any negative piece of it. It was. Uh, it was dev, but it was like faster than I expected. You know, like okay. when you watch it on TV, you're always like, you, it's your right. opinion of what you're right. seeing. You know, but when you're in front of it, like it. There's lots of people talking at once, you know. So it flies by. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting you say you didn't have a negative experience because the show sometimes comes off as negative because they're so, you know, kind of hammering on right. people and that sort of thing. Right. But that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, certainly, and it's not like I just got lobbed questions, you know what I mean? Like, they certainly asked me things that I was glad I had prepared for, you know, mm -hmm. I'm glad I knew my stuff. Um, and I could see if maybe you weren't prepared that that might catch you off guard, but um, I definitely didn't, I felt like it was a reasonable conversation, really mm -hmm. what, you know, I would have expected to need to know. So, um, but it was, it was cool, you know, it was, it was wild to see it in person, you know, it was um, it, it, always a little, um, little different than then you see, you know, things are, things look different on TV, right? So, mm -hmm. so it always it has a different feel to it. Um, I had we had a bartender. Uh, I had a bartender with me up there that I had hired that uh, was local in LA. It was really nice having someone who was very good at uh, making drinks, so that um, I, I didn't have to have that concern. You know, I had somebody who was really good at it, and um, it was nice to have someone there with me, um, even if he was just making drinks, but, um, but altogether, uh, it was really fun and I'm, I'm glad that I could finally, you know, tell people so that everybody can kind of, you know, laugh at me along, you know, at, at 
how like nervous I've been to have to hide it. It's true. It's, it's everybody was like, how did you not? And I'm like, it was really hard. It was really hard not to say anything. Um, I, I, there was a woman in my, um, my Goldman Sachs class that I, I just uh, just saw a couple days ago, and she was like, you and I had a conversation about pitching like a month ago because I needed advice, and you didn't tell me. I was like, I know. I couldn't say anything. But um, it's, uh, it's been... It's, it's been hard to keep, but I'm glad that you know I don't ha- I don't have to keep that secret anymore. So. Maybe are you looking at new products or what's what's coming in the next few years? Um, in the the next steps um, since uh, this summer, we've been working with a nonprofit in New Orleans that um, we will be setting up a similar system to what we do here with Hopeful Harvest. Uh, but in New Orleans. And there we'll be producing flavors that are locally grown in New Orleans, things that uh, we aren't able to source here very easily. Or if we do, they're not, they're obviously not locally grown, like uh, like our lemon and ginger, for example. Those, mm-hmm. So we don't grow lemons and ginger here, but they do grow them in Louisiana. Okay. Um, and then there's a couple of other flavors we'll be adding that are southern specific that um, they that just don't grow here ever. Um, that and that probably won't be um, quite as um, quite as big a piece of what we do because here we do so many we have such a wonderfully diverse variety of fruits and vegetables and herbs that are grown here in Michigan. You know, there's such a huge selection that it gives us a lot of um, a lot of things to to kind of turn to and, and make cool flavors with. Um, but we're excited to be able to uh, kind of try and and lead that same positive economic growth that we were causing here with the 30 plus businesses that came into Hope Harvest after us down there as well. Um, And then uh, we are planning to introduce some new product lines next year that that should be pretty fun. We're looking forward to the the R&D process here uh, in the next few quarters. Okay, one more question. How are the boys? (laughs) <laughs> they are the, awesome. The original McClary yes. brothers. Um, they just turned five. Wow. And um, they uh, they love shrub. They okay. are always they're always drinking uh, shrubs. Ben likes beet carrot and Jack likes basil. Those are their favorites. Okay. Um, but they, uh, I think it when we were doing so much of the business early on in the house, it just became too overwhelming to have it around them. You know, it was too much in there, too much disruption in their lives. So um, once we were able to, to move on to more reasonable setups, um, it, it certainly made things a lot easier. And then when I went, I mean, when I worked in the kitchen at Pinwheel, um, for that year, we worked, you know, from 6 p.m. until, you know, 1, 2 a.m., whatever, whatever it would take. So there was a lot of late nights. A lot of times I didn't see them. That was really hard. But um, this has made things much easier and um you know they are uh they're excited to kind of be around it you know they like to they like when they get to be in the in the videos and when they get to be in photo shoots and uh and ben likes to tell me that he when he grows up he wants to sell shrub like mommy and daddy so okay. it's like 